Woo! Good morning. Happy Thursday, beautiful people. Um, welcome to Love Babs Love Talk. I'm Babs Rolls Ivy. You can listen to us on 103.5 WNHH, and we're live streaming across the New Haven Independent and Facebook and YouTube and X and Twitch and wherever else Harry has us parked. Uh, we had the holiday party, the Lovos New Haven Independent WNHH holiday party yesterday. And it was a stone gas, honey. You know, where we do this little Santa swap, a secret Santa, secret Santa. So that was nice. Uh, it was all, it's always good to see uh, uh, folks and be in communion with folks. Um, I had a, uh, I had the good pleasure and the good fortune to have lunch with Fahad before the party, so I didn't get it. I didn't get a chance to eat at the party because I was full. Although I did eat um, um, Paul's uh, ginger muffins, and uh, they were good. I I would put a little more sugar, Paul, just a tad bit more sugar. But. <laughs> Uh, but other than that, they were yummy. I should have I should have taken a couple to have with my breakfast, my coffee this morning. Well, I don't have any coffee. I have coffee. I didn't grind it, so I could have I could have snagged one for my tea because I could use one with my tea this morning. If I'd have been thinking, I would have did it. I would have scammed one for my for my for my breakfast. It would come in handy right about now. So it's Thursday, uh, 10 o'clock, 10.15. I've got Lieutenant Governor uh, Susan Beisowitz coming on uh, at uh, 10.15 to recap the legislative season. You know, uh, you know what What did they do all year? <laughs> you know, so she's going to come on and talk about that. I believe uh, the governor was on Love Alls the other day, chatting it up. I don't know if Paul's going to entertain him. But, you know, they're making their rounds. Oh. All right. Take care of it. Jeez. Louise. Anyway, uh, so that's that's uh that's where we are. And uh that's today. So we're caroling tonight. Did you know that today is a national caroling day? So, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> I think Mindy, Mindy said that to me this morning. She sent me a text this morning saying, did I know it was national caroling day? No, I did not know, Mindy, that it was national caroling day. But that's a good thing to know, I guess. Uh, yeah, Mindy, Mindy. Well, somebody sent me the message. Who the hell sent it to me? Somebody sent me a message about, uh, maybe it was Joanne. Somebody. <laughs> somebody sent me a message this morning telling me uh, it was National Caroling Day. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go with it. And then I, I, uh, I think I respond. Oh, Natalie Judd, I'm sorry. Natalie Judd sent me a message telling me, uh, today is National Caroling Day. 
And the best way to, to spread Christmas cheer is to sing loud for all to hear. Okay. I, well, I'm going to take that message to heart. I'm definitely going to take that message to heart. So, way to go. So, yeah, so we're caroling tonight. It's a good hour. That's about it. We'll swing around the neighborhood, sing a couple of songs, sing about 10 songs, and call it a night. Uh, and, you know, listen, this is the season, and it, it really does get you in the holiday spirit. You know, it's just it's just a pause. You know, when you go caroling, it's just a pause. You know, it doesn't it doesn't cure cancer. It doesn't stop wars. It doesn't, you know, put food on anybody's table. It's, it won't help you lose weight, although the walking might. Uh, it's just a pause. And just to remind yourself that we sing the season. That's it. That's all caroling is. You just, you get in community with some folks and you sing the season. And I think that's a lovely thing. And here's the other part too. And I was talking about this with Fahad yesterday over lunch. You know, the children that came out last night, their parents, that parents opened their door and then they ran and got their children to stand in the door with them. Like we saw this over and over and over again on Tuesday. And then it struck me that this is a neighborhood where this kind of thing doesn't happen. So now these kids, these little, little kids have a point of reference for carolers coming to their door and singing songs that they're already singing if they're lucky enough in school. You know, how when I was a kid, the holidays, you'd learn Christmas songs and then you'd sing them at the assembly you know, like some Christmas assembly or something or other. I don't know if they do that in schools anymore. Uh, I know my kids did it because they went to parochial school. So parochial school is all about, you know, religion and religiosity. <laughs> so you so you get all that in, in parochial school. I don't know what they do in public schools that they're singing any of these kinds of songs. Uh, but but these little kids, they they will have a point of reference that that is not always their point of reference. So some at some point in their lives, somebody's going to be talking about caroling or or they'll see caroling on some show or TV or movie and they will remember that carolers came to their door. And that will be their point of reference. So the distance between what other people do and what is done in their neighborhood is not so great. That's what I was thinking about yesterday. Like these little kids We'll, we'll be able to say some carolers came to my door and they were singing Christmas songs. And it, and 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 in this neighborhood, because I live in Newhallville, I, I dare say, you know, Newhallville has a reputation for a lot of things. Caroling ain't one of them. But we're going to change that. We, sh we are shifting that 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 narrative. We're changing that narrative a great deal that Newhallville is for caroling. <laughs> That it's just not, it's not going to be known as whatever it is known for, that we are, it's going to be known as, uh, as uh, where the porch is and, uh, and for caroling. That's what we're doing. And as long as I'm here, that's what we're doing. That is what we're doing. So Merry Christmas. <laughs> so I have to sort through the 
through the songs again. I might have to print some. <laughs> we'll see what happens. <laughs> well, people have phones, so they can pull it up on their phones. Like next year, I'll I'll work on it a little better. You know, maybe maybe I'll make a little book or something. You know, a little caroling book with all the songs in it. I know people have them somewhere. I know there's some churches that probably have some old ones that I could just hijack. We'll see what happens. So, so anyway, good morning, everybody. Good morning. Uh, we are we are close to Christmas. We are so close to Christmas. So I had a wonderful lunch with Fahad yesterday, and uh, and uh, you know, sitting with Fahad is like sitting with divinity. I, I I'm not kidding. If you've ever spent any time talking to Fahad, you know what I'm talking about. You know, he's just got some divinity in him that is just, I don't know, a whole other world. Anyway, uh, we had a good conversation about a dream. He he gave me a dream that I, that only me and God knew. He gave me this dream, and I I am so moved by it. I get to do some cool stuff, and I, I just appreciate him so much. Like I. I was on cloud nine. I didn't know what to, I still don't know what to do with this. You know, like I, I don't, I don't know. Uh, uh, I don't know what to do. So, I mean, I know what to do in terms of what I'm going to do. I just don't, I'm just still trying to, uh, I'm just trying to uh, process the information. That's what that's what I want to say. I want to process the information. So, so we'll see what happens. Uh, and tomorrow, you know, I, I get into it to, some more with uh, applications. Uh, we get more applications out tomorrow. I'm excited about that. And uh, we'll uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, some more of my cohorts got into more more schools of their choice, and uh, uh, I'm nervous. You know, I'm gonna have to be all right. I'm gonna have to be all right. I, I mean, I will be all right. Like, if I don't get in anywhere, well, that's just what it'll be. I think I'll get in somewhere. I think. <laughs> I think I'll get in somewhere, but who knows. But it, it won't be because I didn't try. And uh, and let me tell you something. I can live with rejection. I won't live with regret. So. So that's that's the uh, that's the be all end all to things. That's where we are. So. I will uh, I will uh, focus on that a little bit. And uh, yes, I I can live with rejection. I cannot live with regret. So that's my, that's that's what I'm taking into this new year. And next week is Christmas. Monday is Christmas, and I think what I'm going to do, I know what I'm going to do, is pull my kitchen apart and start painting it. I'm sorry, I'm sipping 
you know, the radio is not good for drinking, drinking. <laughs> like when it's just you by yourself, it's just, it's because there's a pause because, and this is very hot tea. So I have to go slow. So I'm not talking in these pauses. Hot tea. So I got my, uh, the love letters are in the mail. I only had two international ones, one to Canada, one pack, one bundle to Canada and one bundle to Scotland. And they, I got them all in the mail, except for one bundle. So I got to go back today and, and mail this damn thing. And I'll do that on my way to the gym or on my way back from the gym. So, so I've got one bundle that I got to tend to. I was like, okay. Okay, one bundle. And I know the deadline was yesterday, but hopefully there is some grace in the world. So it'll, it'll get there. I'm going to drop that off today at the post office. And uh, hopefully it'll be all right. It has been a, uh, a joy to do uh, The World Needs More Love Letters. It has been an absolute joy to do it. And, uh, and I'm looking forward to next year, wherever wherever we are next year, you know. I, although I think next year for Christmas, I'm going to be in on a warm, warm beach. I'm going to be in a warm climate. You know, what, I, what I'm going to try to do for next year is spend Christmas to New Year's somewhere in the Caribbean. That is my goal, to spend Christmas to New Year's in the Caribbean. You know, so, uh, so I'm going to start planning that and, and setting aside some money for that because <laughs> I, I think I want to be, I want, I've never spent any time in the Caribbean during a holiday. So I think that's what I want to do next year. i uh, spend Christmas in, I, and it doesn't matter where I go. It could be Aruba. Uh, it could be St. Lucia. It could be Jamaica. It could be anywhere. Uh, as long as there's a beach and warm weather, I think. That'd be perfect. Uh, I wouldn't mind Bermuda because it's, you know, it's just closer, but it doesn't matter. Uh, it could be Dominica. It could be anywhere, you know, wherever I can find a deal. I think that's what I'm going to do next year. I'm going to set my sights on that. Set my sights on that. So that means I got to save a penny. <laughs> Uh, oh, you know what? I, let me not be too hasty because if I'm in somebody's law school, I don't know what that will look like. I have no idea what that will be like. Um, so, so let me let me just be in 2023 right now. I'm dreaming of a holiday in the Caribbean next year, but it depends on where I'm at and what I got to do. You know, and uh, and that's that's for sure. That is for sure. That is for sure. That is for sure. So we'll see what happens. We'll absolutely see what happens. And uh, and we'll get to it. So I'm looking forward to being in Senegal. Now I have to, you know, uh if I get if I get a little piece of money, I'm gonna upgrade my 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 premium seat to to first class. I'm on Delta, so that means Delta One. So and when you upgrade to, to first class to Delta One, that means you get access to the lounge. 
So, <laughs> so you know what you already know what I'm trying to do. You already know what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to upgrade. So I just feel like if I'm flying to the continent, I'd like to fly to the continent. Uh, I like to fly to the continent and just be, uh, just be comfortable and, uh, you know, and, and the Delta one is, is the flatbed premium product. Uh, that's for the long haul, which, you know, I, I don't know if I, if I could go to sleep on a flight, you know, but the option is there. So, so I kind of dig it. So Delta one is the most exclusive cabin in the sky and it offers spacious lie flat seats, complimentary, complimentary access to the Delta sky club and use of sky priority services. Um, so luxury. That's all it is. So, uh, so technically, Delta One is a business class fare, but you know, premium food. <laughs> I I think I think Delta One is worth it. You know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. You know, I don't know if you could get bumped. Well, you can if you have miles. I don't have any miles. So for me, it's really access to the Sky Club. You know, I I, I really like, uh, you know, I, I kind of like uh, just getting into the lounge where you're not just sitting in the airport. For hours and hours and hours. So I kind of like that. You know. But you know. They play fast and loose with these. These uh, definitions of things. Like Delta Premium Select. Is a seat offering that falls somewhere. Between economy and business. Delta One. In terms of services, amenities and price. So it includes fine dining. Additional recline. Leg room. Um, you know beyond the comfort plus and all that kind of stuff and then you get priority access for check-in boarding baggage that kind of stuff uh so you know i'm i'm just uh i'm just excited you know i'm just gonna i'm not even gonna try to waste my time asking at the door if i could get upgraded for free you know, uh, uh, I'm just going to pay it if I can afford it. I, I mean, I got premium seats, so I have premium seats, so that's good. You know, I already paid for it. My ticket is already paid for it, but I would like to spend a little bit more to upgrade it. See what I'm saying? So, so we'll see what happens. I'd like to do that. You know, we'll see if I get some money between now and February. <laughs> Before before the actual takeoff, I'll make it. I'll see what happens. But I, you know, I feel pretty confident that I could upgrade it, and it certainly would be worth it to me. Do you know what I mean? Like it would be absolutely worth it to me. So, you know. So let me um let me jump into the Advent reading. I know y'all have been following along. Thank y'all. 
for the lovely kind emails about my reading of the Advent story by Hannah, Hannah, Hannah Brincher. It is my pleasure to do it. Um, and it's really for my own benefit just to stay in Advent season. So, so Hannah Brincher, uh, is, is, has been doing these Advent lessons, um, for a good while. And this year she did them all and posted them all and like sent them all to us that signed up. And then they come to me individually in an email every day. But I have it downloaded to my desktop. But it's easier if I just read it from my mobile, you know. So, so today, the, December 21st, uh, the, the, the Advent lesson is Out in the Open Promises. So these are her words and not my words. I'm just reading them to you. Over the next few days, I want to introduce you to two easily overlooked characters in this Christmas story, Simeon and Anna. These two, both very old, a common theme in the book of Luke, uh, he consistently stresses the glory that God manifests through the old age of people like Simeon, Anna, Zechariah, and Elizabeth. Before Jesus' birth, many were on watch for the redemption story coming down from David's line, as was promised. However, many people thought the story would be, how should I write this, a little more glorious? They thought there might be something supernatural and wild about this coming. They thought there might be great battle scene or a heroic entrance. They imagined armies with banners or the brave king's coming would be loud and fiery. And then there was another group of people. They were known as the quiet in the land. These people also watched and expected the Messiah, but they weren't looking for the loud or the fiery. Instead, they were steadfast and prayerful. They devoted their entire lives to this coming. They were patient and faithful, believing God had a plan we could not predict. Simeon and Anna were a part of this group. They were two people who waited their whole lives for the coming of Jesus. Forty days after his birth, Mary and Joseph take Jesus to Jerusalem to dedicate him to God, as was customary in Jewish traditions. Jewish tradition. They bring an offering, two pigeons as their sacrifice. While they are in the temple, Simeon walks in. We don't know much about Simeon. He was righteous and devout. He followed the Old Testament law very closely and took his job in the temple seriously, as did his daily work. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel waiting for God to fulfill his promise of coming to rescue and comfort his people. The Holy Spirit had promised him that he would see that this happen in his lifetime, and he banked on that promise with all he had. It says in the text that the Holy Spirit led Simeon into the temple, where he saw Jesus for the first time. He took the baby into his arms and said to God, Lord, I can die now. I am ready because with my own eyes, I have seen your salvation. 
It is now out in the open for everyone to see. I'm amazed by the words that left Simeon's mouth at that moment. I'm surprised that he was so close to God that he knew at that moment he was holding the promise. More than that, I am amazed that Simeon wanted nothing more than to see the fulfillment of that promise. Merely seeing the baby was enough for him because his hope was not for himself, but for the rise for the rest of the world. How many of us can honestly say that? These words of Simeon challenged me to ask, what matters most to me? Is it seeing others restored and re rescued or focusing inward on all my needs? Jesus didn't arrive just for you and me. He has a plan for the whole world. But we forget that because we are too busy living our lives, we are doing our thing, caring about our people and asking God to meet our needs. Simeon declares out loud, this is good news for everyone. No one is ex excluded from this good news I'm holding in my arms. Today, I'm using these words of Simeon to stretch my faith and step outside myself. I am using them to remind myself that I am just a dot in a massive story. And God didn't come only for the dot. He came for everyone. For all the people I discount, for all the people I'm impatient with, for all the people I assume are too far gone. He came for everyone. It's good news for everyone. We continue to see this throughout the Gospels as Jesus grows up and lives his life, bringing hope to the lost. We see so many people who encounter him and cannot think to keep their mouths shut because what they've discovered is so good and so precious that they want everyone to have it. Is this us? Do we feel the same way? Do I act like it's good news that I cannot help but share? It's only real news if you share it. It only really matters if you open your mouth, your home, and your blessings to say to others, hey, I found something worth talking about. I cannot keep it to myself any longer. The reading is Luke uh, uh, 2. 25 through 32. Here's the steal this prayer. You know what I say about steal this prayer? Take what you need and leave the rest on the side of the road for somebody else. Dear God, today I take the focus off my wants and needs, and I am panning out to see the needs of others. Could you help me see? Could you help me to see the needs of this world? Show me what I need to be praying for throughout this day. I know you will do it, Lord. I know you will. Amen, Ashe. So that's the Advent reading for today. Uh, I got one more for you tomorrow before Christmas. And then y'all can go read the rest of them over the weekend if you feel so inclined. And I hope you feel so inclined uh, because the Advent stories are wonderful, rich stories. And uh, and I, I I am enjoying them greatly, you know, because it centers me in this season of mystery, magic, and miracles. It centers me. And, and I want people to be centered in this time. And yes, but yes, there are people who feel all kinds of ways at this time of the year. People who are oppressed, people who are up against it, people who feel alone and people feel outside and, and not tended to and not cared for. I get it. I get it. But there are things that we can do. So so if you feel so inclined, come sing with us tonight as we walk through New Hallville, spreading good cheer.
be about an hour. And you don't even have to be a singer. Just come and sing. Just lift your voice. Sing out. Sing the words. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. So, you know, we, we are, we are, you know, you know what I always like to quote the Course of Miracles said, you know, your goal isn't to seek love. It is to seek to remove the barriers to love. It is to remove the barriers to love. And, and really, that's, that's what we're doing. We're just removing all the barriers so that love can just flow through. And hey, happy winter solstice. Today is the shortest day and the longest night. It's the winter solstice, you know. So we're, we, are, we are already turning the corner. It's, it's the beginning of winter. So it's winter and uh, we are ushering in a time of quiet and reflection even though there are wars going on as we speak and turmoil and conflict in the world, this really is a time of uh, hibernation and quiet and solace. It might not feel like it where you are standing. And so you have to build your own solace. You know, you have to build the sol solace within the noise of wherever you are. And, and, and I dare say, if you are someplace in war, and I know there's some people who listen to us in places that are challenging, to say the least. Places that are absolute up against it in war, tragedy, bombing. I, Because I, we know, we see who listens to us. It, it, might be, it might seem impossible to find moments of silence and quiet to reflect, to, 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 to dream of peace, to think about peace, to pray for peace. It might be almost near impossible, you know. It might be near impossible to do that when you are fleeing and trying to figure out moves and, you know, and children in tow and all the things. It's not it's not lost on me. So I don't say any of this uh, with the belief that everybody is sitting where I'm sitting. There are people, and there are people right here in this neighborhood who are struggling in the moment how to pay something, how to get food for the holidays, how to do all the things. And even though there's abundance around us, everywhere there is abundance, there, are, there is a real disconnect to, to, to folks accessing abundance. There's a real disconnect for that. So, so, so just think about that as we all go about our ordinary, everyday, practical lives. Think about that. And uh, notice where God is in your comings and goings. And and just err on the side of kindness where you can. Where you can. Just be kind, you know. And that's tricky in these days because everybody is hair-triggered. <laughs> everybody is hair-triggered. Oh, you stepped on my shoe. You bumped into me. You blah, 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 blah. You know, and everybody's unhappiness becomes everybody else's problem. Uh, the way that we weaponize our emotions and our feelings and what we think we deserve and how we ought to be treated. So we, we use we use weaponized language toward each other and against each other. And I just want to invite people to just take a breath and to find some kindness to see where you can notice God. Um, 
to see where you could be softer and gentler, um, to see where you could be reflective, to see where you could be a balm to somebody, to be of help to somebody. You know, just these, these, this is the time when you can do that. And I, and then once you do it this time, you'll always want to be doing. It. Do you know what I mean? Like once you, once you start to get reflective, you're not gonna, you're not gonna just leave it to the winter. You're gonna want to do it in the spring of new beginnings, right? Because spring ushers in new beginnings. People fall in love. You know, people move. People do different things. You know. Uh, uh, spring ushers in blossom and blooming. So you'll want to reflect in spring. And then summer comes fun and frivolity and lightness and laughter and sun and lots of sun and more sun. And you'll want to be reflective about that. And then we march into fall where the leaves are changing and the leaves are tumbling from the trees and 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 we want to move uh, the, with the crispness in the air that is coming. And we want to reflect on that because now we are getting to the place where, oh, a year has come and gone. And then we get into winter and here we are, full circle, full circle. And then that gives you opportunity to think about what was my year like? What did I absolutely love about this year? What could what was challenging about this year and note that, you know, and then think about who do I want to be next year? What what will that look like? What will I purposely work on for next year? What? And that, my friend, is is how you 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 step into uh, a spiritual maturity um, that allows you to notice things that you would ordinarily pass by because you're pausing, you're reflecting, you're going easy. Not all the time, but there are moments when you have to pull up, pull back, you know, take it easy. I know how to pause. Even though people think I run these streets, and I do, and I go to a lot of stuff and I'm always out and about, and I am, I do know how to pause. I, I do know how to pause. I take great care in pausing. I take, I'm very intentional about my rest when I need rest, when I take rest. I'm very intentional about that. I know how to do nothing. I learned this a very long time ago, how to do nothing. You know, I know how to, I know how to rest. I know how to rest and rest I do. So that's where we are. Such a, such a wonderful way to think about this season and this holiday and, uh, and how we are with each other, you know, how we are with each other. So, so good people, good spirits, <laughs> good spirits. Everybody's in good spirits. Uh, uh, I, I, I've got to get somewhere and listen to some music, but I can't do it. I, I don't think I'll be able to get to anything till after Christmas. Next week is going to be sweet because I am uh, off and, uh, and I'll get to work on some projects. And my goal is 
to, uh, you know, get it done in this week's time so that I could do all the things that I want to do. You know, that's, that's the, that's the goal. That is my goal. And, uh, take care of a few things. So around the house, as I, uh, try to carve out my space in a way that reflects how I want to live in this space and how I want to live in the world. So, uh, so yeah, so I'm going to try to start working on my space and uh, at some point I'll be here by myself and that'll be, you know, uh, the goal. That's the goal and uh, work on all the things. So I'll pack some stuff up and move some stuff around and I have all these books I got to deal with. I don't even know where these books came from. I don't even know in my house where these books were. Oh, I know because in my den, in my den, in my house, we had a bookcase. So all the books were in there and underneath and on top. You know, so we had places for books. But to see them all in one place, it's just, ow. Now I got to deal with these damn books. Now I got to put some shelves up or something. Put these books up. So that's what, that's what I think I'm going to do. I think I'm going to move stuff and just create places to put these books. I don't, I swear I don't want another bookcase. I really, I really don't. Because I would just find that problematic. <laughs> That's just more furniture in the space. What I want is some shelving. But you know, these walls are like plasterish. They're not drywall. So that might be a bit of a challenge, you know. So anyway, glad tidings, glad tidings, glad tidings, glad tidings. Uh, let me tell you something. I've been following Martha Stewart. Martha Stewart is so badass. So badass. Just FYI. And if you don't know, go follow Martha Stewart and see what she is up to. <laughs> she is so badass. So uh if you if you have a chance, go go check her out. You'll be uh pleasantly surprised, you know. Uh and you know, we we've not gotten any snow. Uh We've not gotten any snow, uh, but people have been posting pictures from like last year, two years ago, and we had snow. Well, we had, we've had snow and uh, it's like, ooh. I suspect when it comes, it'll come and we'll all be like, oh, it'll be fine. It'll be absolutely fine. It's going to come. We're going to get some snow. You know, I know it. You know it. We know it. I just, just, I just don't want an avalanche of snow. <laughs> but it doesn't matter to me. You know why? Because I work from home. So I'm, I'm here. I'm in this space. I'm, I'm hunkered down. That's, that's where I'm at. So there we go. Cheerio. 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 Cheerio.
And I'm going to grind up. I got to go find uh, some containers for my coffee because I've got I've got three kinds of coffee. I need to blend them up and grind them up. And uh, and uh, so I'm going to do that. I'm going to find me three coffee perfected things. I think I think you need um, airtight coffee, airtight containers. So I know they're all over the place. That's just a home goods run or, you know, all the little Marshalls, TJ Maxx, Burlington, and just find containers. That's what I'm going to do. Is that an ambulance coming down my street? Are they cutting through? Yep. That's an ambulance. They cut through. How can they not? Everything is a one-way street. So, yeah. Uh-huh. That's the ambulance. So, uh, so yeah, so I've got, I've got coffee. I've got, uh, I got the, uh, the, the local coffee from the, the, uh, that they sell at, uh, Possible Futures. I've got my Jamaican coffee that I bought, oh God, eons ago. And then I bought some coffee, some, uh, light roast coffee, uh, at Whole Foods. I think it's Kenyan or Ethiopian coffee. I got to look, but I do need to grind it up because it's time to grind up this coffee. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to find some containers and grind up all this coffee and then put it in airtight containers. So I'll have it. And then I will label them. <laughs> so I'll know what the hell I'm drinking. You know, you know, or attached or cut the labels and stick them on the container, but it's time to uh, grind some coffee. So that's what I'm going to do. Grind some coffee. So my next week, baby, is going to be full of projects. Like, I'm going to leap to all these projects. I'm not going to lollygag. I'm not going to drag my feet. I'm going to get into this thing. I don't have anything scheduled for next week. I have no plans to, to be out and about. It's really going to be a time of real... Uh, quiet and the only thing I got going on that I have to show up to is uh my cardiologist on the, on next Thursday <laughs> that's the only commitment my cardiologist oh I, I'll be at the gym I mean I'm gonna make my gym commitments you know but beyond that that's what I'm doing you know and then I'm back on radio the third so the second is my daughter's birthday I don't know what she's doing. You know, these kids, they don't they don't have to tell you a daggone thing. You know. But you know, I wish her happy birthday. I wish her I wish her happy birthday. And and, and a happy new year. <laughs> I I'll I'll do that for her. We we can get that in. I'll do that. And uh that's about it. I don't know. I don't have any. I have I have very deliberate plans that I'm uh, and some friends might come help me paint. And and if they can, great. If they can't, it's 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 all right too. It's gonna be all right. You know, it's gonna be all right. So I don't really I haven't really talked about the, the what's in the local news except Colorado kicked Trump off the off the. Uh, <laughs> off the ballot 
but you know they fight back so we'll see how this all plays out i have no idea i don't got a dog in that fight i think all every state ought to kick him off the off the uh off the ballot for that foolishness but you know i i i think i think uh you know he's 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 going to prevail on some of this stuff cuz it's unprecedented and people feel some kind of way about setting the tone for things you know so so we'll see what happens um i i hold Jonathan Majors in prayer no one no one is above prayer no no one everyone deserves prayer no matter the crime no matter the the grievance no matter everybody deserves prayer you know and i and i say that with all sincerity you know even these even these these white nationalists and these these folks that walk these white folks that walk into spaces and kill up everybody they deserve prayer too cuz god knows to to do those kinds of things uh you need somebody intervening on your behalf you know, to help get you to a better place and higher ground, you know. So I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you know, pray, prayers for everybody and you don't have to believe in anything, you know. I, I, I People often say there are certain, pe certain people they don't want praying for them because you don't know what their prayer is going to be about. I, I have to think about that a little bit more. I, I guess there are people who who will wish ill on you, I guess. You know, there are people who, you know, I've I've wished ill on people, not not like in my everyday practical life, but you know, when I see some heinous thing done, you know, I'll, oh, I'll say karma karma will deal with you, and I hope that I'm around to see it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like it's one of those, it's one of those, uh, it's one of those things, you know. Uh, and I'm not a I'm not a revenge driven person. I, I just feel like that's that's not a good use of my time or energy. Uh, and I will say this: all the times that people have done me wrong, I've watched karma uh, be their undoing. That's all I'm saying. And I've been a lot. I'm alive to see it. All the lot of lot of the folks who have done me harm, I've watched karma be their undoing in a lot of ways. Some of it is public, some of it isn't public. And that's that's all I'm going to say about that. You know, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I've just bore witness uh to the to the things that have that have that have been undone for folks. You know, so <sighs> it is countdown to the seasons. It is countdown. It is countdown. It's countdown. And, you know, I woke up this morning thinking that maybe Christmas day, uh, Christmas dinner might be Chinese food. I did that once when, when I was newly separated. When I was newly separated and I just didn't have the wherewithal to uh pull out all the the first year that we were separated I pulled out all the stops and made the most fanciest 
holidays, Thanksgiving, Christmas meals. And then the following year, I was like, okay, this is, this is not something I want to keep up. And so it was Chinese food. And it was, it was, and I laid it out just as if I would lay out food that I would prepare. It was fun. It was a different take. And I know Jewish folks do it like they do it. They Chinese is a big Chinese food during this time. It's a big deal as, as I, as I understand. So, so I might adopt that this year, you know, just ordering some Chinese food and be done with it. And, uh, and if House of Chow is open, and I'm hearing rumors that they might be closing or they're looking to sell because they're aging and the kids don't want the business. You know, the kids don't want the business. So so that's what I'm hearing. I, I have no confirmation of this. It's just the word on the street, you know. But that's that's my favorite Chinese restaurant. I, I like the place downtown too, uh, Taste of China. That's a nice place. It's it's a little fancier in there, but it's a nice it's a nice nice space. And uh, I've haven't I haven't had lunch with Mike Moran in a minute. We are due for some Chinese food. Like what is going on? I have to send him a message. Uh, we are due. You are due to take me to Chinese restaurant Taste of China for lunch. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting used to these little outings with people. I'm like, okay, don't don't we usually get luncheon by now? So we'll see what happens. We shall see what happens. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take a little break. Um, I'll be back with uh, Lieutenant Governor uh, Susan Bicewitz. She's gonna come on and talk about uh, the the legislative season and uh, recap some of the stuff that they've done and highlight some stuff. You know, she is a damn good cheerleader. She is a damn, you you think I go to a lot of stuff. She goes to a lot of stuff and she seemingly seems to enjoy it. So anyway, I'm here for her. So she'll be on in a minute. Y'all come back in. Of a white Christmas Just
little Christmas. Make the Yuletide gay. Next
And welcome back to the second hour of Love Babs Love Talk on Babs Rolls Ivy. I am delighted to welcome back Lieutenant Governor uh, Susan Bysowitz. Good morning. Happy holidays. Good morning. Happy holidays. And so nice to see you virtually. And, uh, <laughs> what a beautiful day. And it's good because Santa Claus has more work to do at my house. I don't know what about your house, but at my house, Santa is... Uh, not done with her list. <laughs> Listen, I don't have a list this year. You know, my, you know, when you have grown children, you just give them money. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I know, I know. So, so we're, yeah, of course, of course I got, I got a couple of those grown kids and that's what we're doing. But, you know, I got younger nieces, nephews and. Oh yeah. Fun, right? Yeah. That's well, I, I, I don't have that either. All my nieces and nephews are grown. Like my children are grown. So, you know, and none of them have started families. So. <laughs> well, well, that that is coming. And actually with my two daughters, they do not have uh, children, but uh, one has a wedding fund. So that's a good sign. <laughs> oh, hope is in the air. Yay. Indeed. 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 How are you otherwise? You know, we've had a, a very busy year. The governor and I just did a press conference with our treasurer and our controller mm -hmm. to remind people that we've got a tax cut coming up this year. I know. Everybody's all buzzed about this. What is going on? <laughs> yeah, well, it's it was, so here's the amazing thing, right? We've pat we've um we're now working on our sixth balanced budget, but we've been paying down debt. So we've paid down uh, over seven billion dollars of debt. And we actually were in a position to enact a cut to the income tax, uh, particularly for um lower and middle income families, right? Who need the tax cut the most. So it's very exciting. So if you are a single filer and you make $100,000 or less, you can look to get an extra $300 next year. Oh. Me. Yeah, in, in the 2024 tax year. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you're a family where there's a joint filing going on for... Um, $150,000 or less, um, that's uh, for $600, $600. So it's, mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's substantial. And also we increased for this tax year, uh, the earned income tax credit. So for working families that qualify for that, we've increased it from 30.5% to 40%. So that's another really good, good um, tax benefit for families. Okay. So Connecticut is uh, doing it. Yeah, we're on a roll. We're on a roll. So 1.1 million uh, tax filers. Um, so 1.1 million people uh, are going to get the benefit of those tax cuts, which is, you know, very, very good. 
Mm-hmm. So, so what so else that, is what? That's what else the holiday cheer I have for you. I love it. What what else? Because y'all had a whole. I mean, there was a whole year of stuff going on, and yes, it was. Activities and oh. it was well. So another thing we were celebrating actually in New Haven uh, earlier this week, the governor and I uh, were celebrating the clean slate bill. Yes, I saw that. And and what was great was. Um, the governor actually had an eraser on a big chalkboard <laughs> and he got to erase more than 80,000 low level convictions that will be erased from people's records, you know, and, and as you know, um, if you have a, a criminal conviction on your record, it can hold you back when you're looking for housing, when you're mm -hmm. applying for jobs, you're looking to uh, get into school, all of those things, um, housing, all of those things um, can uh, be uh, a problem if, you know, folks are looking at a one past conviction that doesn't represent who you are anymore. Mm -hmm. Particularly so, those youthful offenders, oh, you know, yeah. things that you've done and happened to you when you were a teenager, right? Now yes. you're grown up into the world and you want to do grown up things. You you want to get your your own place or you might want to go to school or, you know, all the, I mean, it, it just, it just affects so much. I mean, it, if you want to get uh, life insurance, I mean, it affects a lot of different things it, uh, it when you have that record. It does. And, um, so finally, uh, we are in a place where um, anybody who had a conviction from 2000 mm -hmm. going forward can have that lower level conviction um, erased. And that will happen automatically if the offense was from 2000 going forward. And for those folks who are saying, hey, I was convicted of something in 1995 that was a low level offense. Because those are paper records, the way to get that erased is to go to a judge. There's a form that you can fill out and um, a judge will have to erase the all the convictions that occurred before the year 2000. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so there is recourse for people who, who might think they missed the, the two, the year 2000. That's right. Oh, uh, absolutely. Absolutely. And there's a simple process. So you would, you would fill out, um, you would fill out the application, bring it to the judge, and then the judge would take that, care of that for you. So Susan, would you say this is a progressive act? Like who else in the country is doing this kind of work? Do it you is know? very, it is, we are leading uh, on this issue. Uh, and so now I think since we've done it, uh, several other states have joined us, but we were one of the first states mm -hmm. in the country to, to do this. And, and this one, yes, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, so the people, not prisons folks were, you know, leading the charge uh, and they were very effective in their advocacy. 
And I think, um, you know, in New Haven, uh, Gary Winfield and, and Gary's influence is statewide because he is one of the co-chairs of uh, the Judiciary Committee. But I think it was Gary's leadership also and the leadership of Representative Steve Staffstrom of Bridgeport that um, really uh, made a big difference. Mm. Well, I always say, I was talking about this the other day, you know, Gary Winfield is a long game player. Like, you know how, because I, I don't think people understand how hard it is to move legislation, to get everybody on board, to get everybody to like want to do it. You know, I mean, it's a, it's a long process. It's not like, oh, we think this is a good idea. Let's get it done. It's, oh, we think this is a good idea. We got to talk to everybody and see who we could get buy-in from and who thinks this is a good idea. So he's a long-range thinker and a long He is, long he is. Player. But I will say that, you know, there was, I, I think there were, there was one unsuccessful attempt the prior year. And mm -hmm. then um, there was a much more successful attempt because sometimes it takes advocacy. And I can tell you that based on my experience trying to get public financing passed in <laughs> Connecticut, right? I mean, my forehead was very flat for a long time because I was beating my head against the wall. But sometimes it just takes a while for a good mm -hmm. idea to be popularly accepted, you know? So, uh, so you're right about uh, Gary Robin Porter was also at that uh, same uh, event because she's a huge advocate as well. Mm -hmm. um, she is. She is. And there was a and Steve Staffstrom said um, that in his city he has nine hundred people coming out of the corrections system every year, right? That go well at least last year coming back to to Bridgeport. Um, and Bridgeport uh, has some very innovative reentry uh, programs going on so that when people leave the correction system, they have support, job training, housing help if they need it, transportation, um, all of those things, child care, uh, all of the things that you need in order to be successful, to get a job and get yourself uh, back to work so that you can be productive for yourself and your family. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And now, you know, Susan, do you think people are starting to understand the need for uh, reentry programming and, and, and legislative things like um, uh, erasing people's uh, past records? That, 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 I mean, do you feel like, because I, I remember a time, Lieutenant Governor, where people just did not want to entertain anything about uh, people who were incarcerated or for. Oh, I think, I think they do. I think they do. And so that's why uh, there are places like um, the Welcome Center in Hartford, and I visited it. And it's amazing because there will be people that will help you with your resume, help you get into particular job training programs. Um, 
people who will help you with the housing, the transportation, whatever you're going to need. And as I pointed out at, at this press conference about uh, the clean slate is that right now we have 100,000 job openings. So if we want to grow our economy, we need to um, welcome back the people who are coming out of cor the correction system uh, because it'll help them and it'll help our employers. And, and to your point about do people recognize this? Yes, they do. And I'll give you an example. Uh, I was talking to the vice president of human resources at Electric Boat. And I asked him how he was doing finding the thousands of people that he needs to help them build those subs that they have federal contracts for. And he said, Susan, there are two places where we are looking to get people to help us do that. And I said, what are those two groups of people? And he said, people coming out of the correction system. And he said, people who are new to this country. Wow. Right? Yeah. So, so if you have a defense contractor, that's a fortune 500 company that's saying, Hey, we need the people coming out of the correction system. I think that's pretty much a recognition that almost everybody gets it or they should, but the people who need employees get it. That's for sure. I like that. So, so with that being said, you know, because everybody's having an immigration conversation, right? Everybody's having, everybody is having a border conversation, even states that are not on the border. What is, what is, what's Connecticut's take on this? Like, where are we with, with folks, Im immigrants coming? So, you know, look, we're a state of immigrants, right? My, my parents were both the children of immigrants from Poland and Greece. Like we're, unless you are uh, an indigenous person from one of our Connecticut tribal nations, you came from somewhere else, right? And the only <laughs> difference between us is how long ago did your forebears come, right? Um, so, and, and we have a very high percentage of immigrants in our state. It's one in 10 people are oh, immigrants. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. So, um, and, and by the way, right now, Connecticut has the seventh best economy uh, in the country, which, you know, we weren't always up that high. And why is that? And I think it's because we have all these new people coming to our state from other countries who are bringing their talent, their culture, their work ethic, right? Uh, so the governor and I um, want to make our state a welcoming place. And there are some fantastic organizations uh, like IRIS that's based mm -hmm. in New Haven mm -hmm. that takes refugee families and individuals and helps them to um, get jobs, to start businesses. Uh, and I think um, that work and those people who come from other places make us stronger. And I'll just, I'll just end with this. One of the things that makes me just feel red, white, and blue all over is when I go to 
an immigration and naturalization ceremony. You know, and I, I was just at one at Mystic Seaport where there were people from 53 different countries taking the oath to become citizens. You know, it's just incredible. People want to come to our country and they sure want to come to Connecticut. And I think it's a good thing that that they come because um, they're making our state better every day. Mm. That's a good message, uh, Lieutenant Governor, because that's not the message other states are 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 stepping into. Like other states are really feeling a different kind of vibe about this. Uh, border states. So indeed. You know, yeah, yeah. So all right. So, you know, is Connecticut in good fiscal shape? Are we, I mean, I know we have the seventh, you know, Best uh, economy. Yeah. So I think I think we're doing really well. Um I mentioned we're working on our sixth balanced budget, uh, the governor and I, since we took office in, in 2019. So we'll be before the legislature in February uh, to talk about our new budget. We just had our, our second tax cut. We had one last year that was about $400 million. This year, the tax cut is $460 million and it, and part of it is the biggest tax cut that we've ever seen since the income tax was um, established 30 years ago. We've paid down $7.3 billion in debt. And that's kind of like paying down your mortgage. When you pay down your mortgage, it reduces your, your mortgage principal. It reduces your debt costs, right? So we are now saving about $500 million every year because our debt service is less. So that means we can be investing in people. Mm -hmm. So that would be education. That would be early childhood ed education. Uh, we have free community college for eligible people in our state. Um, we are working on an initiative to uh, expand our early childhood education spots for infants through, you know, uh, kids that are four years old. Um, investing in in people, in my estimation, is is the most important thing because if you invest in in those early childhood and education programs, right, it makes people successful and it mm -hmm. makes them productive. Mm -hmm. So to me. That's the best part about um, about having uh, more money available is you can put it into job training also, which is something we desperately need since we have so many openings in state government. If you need something to do, apply for a job with the state of Connecticut. <laughs> um, check out the Department of Administrative Services website. We're looking for hundreds of people in our Department of Transportation, Environmental Protection, great salaries, great be health benefits. Check it out. Um, manufacturing is looking, healthcare, like you name the sector and people are needed. So if you know, you asked me what's our biggest challenge going forward. I think it's to keep growing our economy. We're going to need trained people. And mm -hmm. so, um, you know, that's why um, we welcome people. You mentioned some states. There are states that have uh, banned abortion. 
Um, there are states that are doing things that I, I don't think are particularly welcoming to people. And that's why the governor and I invite people to come to Connecticut, uh, because, you know, we, we embrace diversity. Um, I think we're a very inclusive state. We're, uh, recognized for being one of the best states in the country for women and families, um, for the LGBTQ plus community. So I think that's a good thing. And I think, um, you know, that is responsible for, for people coming to Connecticut. I've met people who said, you know, I moved up here from Florida because <laughs> I just, I, I, it was exhausting. And um, yeah, I met a gentleman at a pride parade and he said he moved from Florida to Connecticut because he felt um, much more welcomed, um, mm -hmm. which I thought was great. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we are, uh, I don't think we're post-COVID, but we're kind of post-COVID or whatever. COVID is still with us. What is the state's uh, place and where we are with COVID right now? Well, um, you know, I, I'll just take this opportunity to remind people before you go to those holiday Christmas parties, New Year's <laughs> Eve parties, holiday gatherings, um, please, please, please get a flu shot, get a COVID-19 shot, get an RSV uh, shot. Um, I've gotten, uh, both the COVID, uh, vaccine and the flu, uh, shot, uh, because I wanted to be ready to be around my family members, you know, mm -hmm. for the holidays. And, you know, we're seeing a spike because it's, it's, you know, cold outside and people are, um, you know, gathering for parties and the things that you do around holiday time. And that's when you see a spike. So I was just reading one of our epidemiologists today was saying, you know, COVID is on the uptick. It looks like RSV is going down. That's a good thing. Um, but unfortunately, um, you know, we're seeing several hundred people die of COVID and of the flu each month, particularly elderly people. So mm -hmm. I I know people are tired of COVID. We're all tired of it, right? But please go to CVS, go to Walgreens, go to your doctor. Uh, if you're able, get a flu shot, get a COVID shot, get an RSV shot, because it'll keep you safe. It'll keep your family members safe. Also, it'll keep you uh, able to go to work, right? Um, and And not spread stuff, so. Yes, yes. Yes. So, so in looking back over, uh, over 2023 and as we move to 2024, um, um, what, what, what was the most enjoyable thing that you, you worked on in 2023? Oh my goodness. That's a tough one. You know, um, one, um, in addition to doing, getting our fiscal house in order, which I think is just, you know, the important, uh, work that we did one really great thing that we did was we banned child marriage in Connecticut. Um, <laughs> was now, that a thing? Was it's a thing? thing. It was a thing. You know, someone did some research and found there was no minimum age to marry. In oh. Connecticut. I know. Strange, right? And then I think it was in 2016, the legislature or 2017, the legislature passed a bill making the minimum 15 or 16 with probate court approval. Oh my God. <laughs> I know. 
So fast forward, um, all the states around us, New York, New Jersey, Massachusetts, passed uh, laws saying that the minimum age should be 18. Mm-hmm. And I chair the Council on Women and Girls, and we put that forward, and we had so much support from the public health community, from the folks who worry about human trafficking, uh, and uh, from advocates of women. And there's a group of women who were very passionate advocates for this because they had lived through uh, child marriages. And um, it was finally passed. And it was, you know, to your point about sometimes uh, it takes a while to make things happen. And I didn't want Connecticut to be a place where human traffickers would want to come because they could marry a 16-year-old or a 17-year-old in order to uh, prevent themselves from getting prosecuted, you know, for, for human trafficking. Um, and also this is something that affects young men too. Uh, and so, uh, I was really happy to, to get that done because, um, there were, um, marriages like this marriages between adults, mainly adult men and young girls. I know, you know, I I had no idea. I I always just thought you had to be 18. I had no idea that you could be so much younger because, you know, 18 is the I mean, we say you can't buy cigarettes and you can't buy beer. I mean, you know what I mean? We say 21 and this and that and the other thing. Ah, that's tough. Yeah, no, no. And to your point, right. (laughs) How can you be married at 16 if you can't enter into a contract to rent an apartment to open a credit card to, um, you can't, you can't execute a contract, but you can get married at 16, right? It just, it did not, uh, it did not make sense at all. Um, you can vote at 18, right? You can get a credit card at 18. You can rent an apartment at 18. You can sign a legally binding contract. It just seemed, uh, that that would be the natural age for people to marry, but they need to be 18 in order to do that. Just matched up with all of our other, all of our other laws. Mm-hmm. So when you think about 2024, moving into 2024, what, what, what do you want to work on? Is there some burning issue that you like, this is the year we're going to get it done. And, and what is the, what is the outlook for 2024 from where you sit? So, you know, we are still seeing, we, we still have a really good rainy day fund. We have $3 billion in a rainy day fund, which is there in case there is a downturn. So things at the moment look good. Um, I think the biggest thing that the governor and I want to work on, well, there are two issues. One, more affordable housing and also uh, making sure that we have very robust job training pipelines so that people can get jobs in high paying fields like manufacturing. 
those, you know, to me, matching people with good paying jobs and job training, and also making sure that we have places that are affordable for people to live, for our kids that are coming back from college or for our uh, elderly parents, uh, that they can stay in the town or city where um, they raise their kids. So that's, I think those two challenges are going to keep us pretty busy. That's That sounds like a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. All right. So what, does your husband buy good Christmas gifts for you? Do you look forward to his gifts? <laughs> uh, you know, oh, don't get in trouble funny, now. I don't want so you to funny. get in trouble. He's calling me because I sent him out to do a few to do a few uh, of Santa's errands. Um, <laughs> you know what? I'm just going to say this about my husband. He is one patient man <laughs> put up with the demands of my job. I always tell people, you know, I do not have a normal job. It is a 24 seven kind of job. Uh, and I have been in public life uh, for quite a while. And, and we've been married 35 years and we're still going. So congratulations. Yeah. And, and, and so, so you, so you, so do, are you a good gift buyer for him? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> He's from the South. He loves bourbon. Oh, that's oh. my kind of guy. Oh, there you go. Okay then. So, yep. So Santa Claus has taken care of that. Oh, that's good. That's good. And I bet you ordered it from someplace really, really special. And really, really good. Yes. You know, I shop local. So I, I, uh, I made sure that we supported our small businesses here in Connecticut. And I would I love it. All of your listeners, because New Haven has such wonderful uh, shops um, and great, great things to do. Great food, uh, best pizza in the world. So <laughs> I, hope, I hope everybody who is watching and listening is enjoying all that. And Babs, thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Oh, Lieutenant Governor, this is your home. Anytime you want to come on, I want you to just feel free. You have a great communications director and she is uh, she is so sweet and kind and friendly and she just reaches out and it's just always such a good spirit with her. So thank her for oh, me. Well, I got some great women that work in my office. So thank you so much. And I can't uh, imagine. I want you to enjoy your holidays. Thank and, you. Uh, get some rest if you can. Thank you so much. And you, you enjoy, and let's talk again in 2024. Absolutely. Lieutenant governor. Thank you so All much right. for being a guest. Of course. Thank you. Take care. Right. Take care. Take care. So yes, that was uh Lieutenant governor, Susan Bison, which she always comes on the show, which, which I love. So I feel like, you know, we're like girlfriends. <laughs> I like when she comes on. And uh, and I and I like I like the way she talks about Connecticut, and I like that she said, you know, Connecticut is a welcoming place, and that's why I'm still here because Connecticut is a welcoming place. So so listen, uh, I'm gonna bounce out of here, and uh, I want y'all to enjoy the rest of your day. Uh, Christmas is Monday, so you still have time to like make your way around local. I'm in New Haven, so there's Bloom, there's Possible Futures, there's Idiom, there's Dwell. There's uh the the sister that owns the soap, uh shea butter lotions potions shop next to dwell. Um, there's a lot of places uh, that you can do some real good shopping. And don't forget museums and the galleries. They have gift shops. So you know, uh, make your make 
Make your make your way around New Haven and, and get you some good ass pizza while you're at it. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow. I'll see you. And thank you, Harry and Paul. Yeah. <laughs>